illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, Northern Command Post, I'm your host, uh, <laughs> Director of Thermodynamic Limit Immersion, and an awesome and amazing brother, B. And as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, your head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. How you doing tonight, Billy? Doing pretty good, Beach. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Did you just decide to change it up tonight? I, I did. I totally did. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, so as you know, um, Heinrich Tailgater is part of what we do is we want to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others. And generally just talk beaver sports, football, and tailgating while having some fun along the way. Billy, are yes, you ready Beach. to do this? I well, yeah, it's a little different than normal, but uh, yeah, we can do that. I just you know want. Let, let's go ahead. You take off from here. How's that? Okay, I want to remind everyone that you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Music. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Heinrich Tailgater. Also, check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Sounds good. So, Beach, how how uh. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm a little sore. I don't know why. Um, I'm walking with a limp. Um, I've recovered up on my sleep from the tailgater. And uh, I've been putting out more signs for my congressional campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, put one out on Evergreen tonight over at uh, Uncle Poochie and uh, – or uh, Aunt Poochie and Uncle Bob's house. Nice. And uh, still trying to get a couple others out there. Uh, so if any of our fans live in District 1, Washington, Yam Hill, Clatsop, Columbia counties, and you have a good location for a sign, um, send us a, uh, a message or a tweet, tweet to Billy or something. Yeah, 
Yeah. Get a message to me and we'll we'll look at getting one out to where you're at. Yeah, I've got about uh, 40-some smaller signs left. And uh, my weak points right now, I need more in Tigard and uh, Tualatin Sherwood area and possibly Newburgh. So if anybody's in those areas, would love to hear from you, especially if you're on any main drags. I don't know where uh, Coach Rook and Bev live, but have you tried them? No, I haven't tried them, but I should. You know, I was thinking about Coach the other day. I was driving by uh, Glencoe High School and saw the uh, the guys play uh, practicing. Yeah. And I thought, God dang, it's been over 20 years since uh, since I was out on that field. So, yeah. anyway, it's yeah. crazy. Um, and uh, Glencoe plays down here in Dallas this Friday. That's awesome. Are yeah. Go? No, it's, it's the night before a tailgater. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Well, you know, the other thing I have trouble with is, you know, I, I still, my loyalties are really to Coach Rooker. Truly. So, yeah. I, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, you know, when he left Glencoe, I kind of felt like a little bit of my loyalty to Glencoe left as well. I agree. So, so I root for Tiger. So. All right, Beach. Well, you ready to start talking about some Beaver sports news? Yeah, let's do this. I'm excited to see, figure out what all happened last week because it's been, it was, I think a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah. Well, Beach, first up is women's volleyball. Lanisha Reagan, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Lanisha Reagan and Leela Toner each finished with 14 kills as the Oregon State volleyball team swept Tennessee Tech Thursday night at Memorial Gym in Moscow, Idaho. Then Mary Kate Marshall tallied 23 kills and Lanisha Reagan finished with 13 to spur the women to a sweep of Wyoming Friday morning. Then the Beavs defeated Idaho in three sets Friday night at Memorial Gym in Moscow. With that win and the sweep, the Beavs won all nine sets they played at the Idaho Volleyball Classic. The, Holy crap. Yep. The Beavs are now 7-4 and four overall and return to action Thursday when visiting Oregon in a match that starts at 7 p.m. on Pac-12 Oregon. The following night, uh, Friday, the Beavs returned home to Gill Coliseum for a 7 p.m. match with Stanford. Now, we didn't have that great a team last year. Yeah, they were okay. Yeah, but it looks like they're – well, I mean, I don't know what their, their competition was on, on these. I mean, I don't know, honestly, how good uh, Wyoming is or, or uh, Tennessee Tech. I mean, I would only think Wyoming has probably maybe, what, 30, 45 girls in the whole state. <laughs> so, I think the school um, probably has a few more than that. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll release – yeah, well, we'll see what happens when they play the Ducks. That's that's going to be a big test. So, All right. All right, Beach, next up is women's soccer. Love women's soccer, Billy. It's my favorites. <coughs> <coughs> All right, Beach. The Oregon State women's soccer team extended its unbeaten streak over perennial Northwest Power, Portland, to five consecutive games on Friday with a 2-1 to victory over the Pilots at Paul Lorenz Field. Wow. Then, the, then the women completed a perfect weekend with its non-conference schedule on Sunday with a 2-1 to overtime win over San Diego. The ladies are now 5-2-2 two, and two in open Pac-12 conference play at Cal at 3 p.m. Thursday, and that will be televised by Pac-12 networks. Their Pac-12 home opener is set for September 29th versus UCLA. Hmm. Well, I'm just glad they went to overtime and actually won one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we actually heard that game while we were setting up the new tent. You know, when Lisa and I were walking by the field, she's like, what's that? I said, that's the soccer field. She goes, I don't, where, where are the bleachers and stuff? And I said, right over there. And she said, 
Well, that doesn't seem like very many bleachers. I said, it's soccer. <laughs> yeah. They, they actually have drawn close to 600 fans out there for a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. So the men yeah, and women. You, so. you know, I, I give soccer a hard time. But, I mean, here's my view of soccer. When I was a kid, it's really, really fun to play. Yeah. But, honestly, I think it's probably one of the most boring sports to watch. It's a lot of jogging. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I would think even baseball is more fun to watch than soccer is. Yeah. There's a lot of people getting into it, but it's just not my thing. I think it helps to be drunk. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I always have people say, well, it's the most popular sport in the world. I'm like, yeah, because the only equipment you need is a ball and you can literally use, you know, four rocks or a trash can or a tree, whatever you want to use as your goal, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and it takes about two seconds to explain the rules. Yeah. So kick it through there. Don't touch it with your hands. Exactly. So, all right. All right, Beach on to men's soccer. The Oregon state men's soccer team came up with a pair of late goals to take a two to nothing win over UNLV Saturday evening in Las Vegas. Now, both tallies came from transfers as junior Jaime Morales found the net in the 81st minute before fellow junior Jesse Garcia doubled the advantage less than a minute later. The Beavs are 4-2-1 and and will be back at Paul Lorenz Field on Thursday as they take on UC Irvine at noon. Hmm. All right. Well, Beach, right. we, we, we don't have any swimming updates today because swimming doesn't start. No wrestling updates. And I know you asked for acrobatics and tumbling updates from the University of Oregon. Yes. But I, I really got nothing to update. They uh, haven't done anything yet. They, they're, hmm. they're just – season hasn't started yet. It doesn't start till February. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're not going to be able to do any updates on that? No. That's disappointing. Well, and the messed up thing is, you know, there's like 15 schools that actually participate in that sport. And did they all do it for the same reason the Ducks did it? Oh, probably. Trying to get some more uh, female participation numbers up. That's what I would think. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't, I mean, there's not much to say. You know, you've you've got a couple of big name schools that participate, Oregon, Baylor, and then you've got a bunch of small schools. Just some of them I've never even heard. Most of them I've never even heard of. You've got some that I've probably did it for the same reasons because it's a, probably a pretty cheap sport to fund as well. And they're ranked number one and two. Really? Um, imagine that. At least they were last year. All right, Beach. Uh, last up is football. Okay. Oregon State cornerback Tristan Decoud was named as the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week as announced by the conference Monday morning. Now, Dakud recorded the first interception of his Oregon State career in the first quarter of Saturday's 37-7 win over Idaho State, returning at 13 yards. Now, midway through the third quarter, he picked off the second pass of the afternoon, returning at 75 yards for a touchdown. It was OSU's longest interception return since Terrence Carroll's 79-yarder versus USC in 2000, and was the Beavs' first pick six since Caleb Salos against San Jose State on September 19, 2015. Now, the senior from Covington, Louisiana, finished the day with four tackles, two interceptions, two pass breakups, and one TD. Takud is the first OSU player to record two interceptions in a game since Tyreek Zimmerman in the season opener against Portland State in 2014. He he looked great. Oh, yeah, he did. 
He did. I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, Beach. Hey. Hey. Yep. Is that oh. is that is that your is that your teletype? Hold on. Just one second, Billy. Billy. Yes. This just in. The Lane County 911 system crashed Saturday afternoon. Several hours before the terrorist attacks in New York and New Jersey, over 3,000 phone calls came into the 911 center in downtown Eugene within a 20-minute period. The system, unable to handle such a volume of calls, crashed. It took several hours before the system could be restored. A reverse 911 message was sent to all people within the greater Eugene area from the 911 center in Corvallis, the closest center to the outage. The message stated, the Oregon duck lost to Nebraska does not justify a call to 911. This is not a national crisis, terrorist attack, or assault. This only confirms what, they ha- what the rest of the nation has known for several years. Ducks are only successful when they cheat. Buck up people and learn how to take a loss. It shows character if you have it. <laughs> wow. Wow, Beach. Yeah, I was, I was I was I was a little shocked. I mean, it's nice to see that 911 does those reverse uh, reverse text messages now to yeah. keep people informed of what's going on, especially when there's outages like that. That was kind of brutal. Oh, yeah. I guess it was yeah, coming I, from. I, I, I just report the news, Billy. I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. <laughs> All right. All right, Beach. Well, you ready to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Totally. Okay. So I have right here in my hot little hand. The picks from last week. Now, Kyle apologized. He got his picks in the next uh, morning. He actually fell asleep putting his kids to sleep. Wow. Man, so I still hate you, Kyle. But anyways, moving into last week, you were in the lead at 16 out of 22. I was mm-hmm. at 15 out of 22, and Kyle was at 14 out of 22. All right, Beach. So first up, the first game was on Friday night. Uh, Arizona State at Texas San Antonio. Who'd you take? I took Arizona on that one, Billy. Yes, you did. And Kalen Ballard scored on a two-yard run with 3.15 to play, and Arizona State rallied from 16 points down in the second half for a rugged 32-28 win over Texas San Antonio Friday night. Now Arizona State scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns. Ballard, who tied an NCAA record with eight touchdowns against Texas Tech, capped the rally when he took a direct snap and powered over the goal line. The, touch, the touchdown was set up by a defensive pass interference penalty on third down one play earlier. Now, kicker Zane Gonzalez kicked four field goals, including two from 54 yards for Arizona State, and became the Pac-12 career scoring leader. Quarterback Manny Wilkins passed for 263 yards and two TDs for the Sun Devils as well. So Career, career scoring leader for the Pac-12? Correct. Wow. Do you know who he overtook? Um, I don't know. I can look it up here. Okay, so he took over another kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn of UCLA, who played from 2012 to 2015. Hmm. Oh, his, his record didn't last very long. That's sad. And you know who's number three? 
Who? Who's number three? Alexis Cerna. Alexis Cerna? Yep. I kind of wondered if he was still up at the top. Yep, he's he's there. Now, the highest non-kicker, I believe, is Ken Simonton. Hmm. I believe. Ken A. Yeah, I believe. So... Yeah, Ken had 360. Alexis Cerna, 384. Zane Gonzalez is up to 424, and he's still got a, most of a season to go. So he's going to destroy that. Uh, yeah. He's going to destroy that. So, All right. Uh, next up, Beads, all the rest of the games are on September 17th, Saturday. First up, number 22, Oregon at Nebraska. I'm pretty darn positive I took Nebraska on this one. You did, and so did I, and so did Kyle. Now, there's Nebraska quarterback Tommy Armstrong Jr.'s legs were so cramped up that when Nebraska's defense was on the field, he would drink pickle juice, Gatorade, water, and anything else he could find on the sideline. He was even given fluids intravenously early in the fourth quarter. Now, with legs that he said felt like jello, Armstrong took off on a quarterback draw, made two tacklers miss, and scored a 35-yard TD with 229 left Saturday, lifting Nebraska to a 35-32 victory over number 22, Oregon. Now, Armstrong wouldn't have been in position to score if he hadn't converted a fourth and nine with a pass to roommate Jordan Westerkamp two plays earlier. Now, Nebraska came back from a 20-7 deficit late in the second quarter to give second-year coach Mike Riley a long-awaited win over Oregon. Riley was 0-7 against the Ducks from 08 to 14, his last seven years as Oregon State's coach. And he has walked off, and as he walked off the field on Saturday, he wiped his eyes. Now, Oregon had lots to overcome with the early loss of Royce Freeman. The Ducks were penalized 13 times for 126 yards, and for the second straight week, their defense wore down in the second half. Nebraska had 166 of its 228 rushing yards after halftime. Now, BJ, it was also announced today that uh, wide receiver Devin Allen for the Ducks, who was the one that was in the Olympics just a month ago. Yeah. Is done for the season. He had a non-contact injury to his ACL and he is done for the season. They also lost. What happened to Royce? What happened to Royce Freeman? I didn't see the play. I keep hearing it's a shin injury. Okay. I don't exactly know what that means, but that's what they're saying. Now today they announced Devin Allen done for the season and they also announced that the, their tackle, who I can't remember his name right now, was done for the season. He had a foot injury. So Wow. Yeah. So they're beat up after the first uh, big game of the season. Yeah. So anyways. Wow. So I have to say, you know, my good friend Will uh, said that that was probably the best game that Tommy Armstrong has ever played for Nebraska. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you're talking about pickle juice, and Dad always drinks pickle juice when he gets cramped. Oh, no, I do it. I When I get cramps, oh, I go downstairs and start eating pickles. Does it work well? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the, I think uh, it's the vinegar. Well, didn't you say he got pulled out in the fourth quarter? Yeah, he left. Didn't he leave early in the fourth quarter? I thought you said he got injured. but I thought it was injured, less- It was, but it was cramping. Yeah, because oh, okay. I couldn't hear it. I was watching the game at at the Beaver game. I was watching it on my phone, and yeah, yeah. he he was cramping up. Remember, so I said, "Oh, that looks spread, bad." They, yeah, so they still didn't breed the spread, but they beat the team. Uh, depends the on the what spread, spread you got. Points. It was anywhere from okay. two and a half to three and a half. So, okay, depending okay. on where you got it. All right, Beach. So we all got the point in that one. Next up, Colorado at Michigan. I think I took Colorado on this one. 
didn't I? Um, no, we all took Michigan. Okay, sorry. The, the, it's, it was, again, half the time I'm doing this drunk, so you know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Michigan scored 17 straight points after falling behind 21-7 late in the first quarter before pulling out a 45-28 victory. Now, Michigan scored the last 21 points of the game, capped by Jabril Pepper's 54-yard punt return early in the fourth. Now, Colorado quarterback Sefa Lafau was hurt after throwing his third TD pass, a 70-yarder to Shea Fields that put Colorado up 28-24 just after halftime. Now, Lafau, who was shaken up in the first half, grabbed his right ankle after Ryan Glasgow hit him on the go-ahead score. He limped through Colorado's next series before being replaced by freshman Steven Montez. Wow. So, so I, that's why they didn't score anything in the second half. Yeah. Yep. And I have not heard on his availability this week. That's a shame. Sounds like they were doing pretty well. Like they had a chance if he would have been able to stay in the game. Yeah, well, I think Michigan's defense also really woke up in the second half. You, you know, going back to that Oregon game really quick, I didn't realize that uh, they were down by uh, two scores. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, at one point in time. I thought they were pretty much neck and neck, so I didn't realize Riley had to come well, back on that one. Well, and the thing about that is I don't know if you've heard, but, you know, uh, Oregon never attempted an extra point. They went for two every time. Mm-hmm. And they were one of five on two-point conversions. Which ultimately uh, cost them the game. Yeah. Well, and they were just they were chasing that point constantly. After they missed... You, you know, you, you know, I can understand it when you're up by a couple points, a couple scores, and to try to, you know, make sure you kind of, you know, it's a little risky. And, and Oregon is good, you know. I mean, I would say they, they're successful at it probably two out of every three times. I, You know what? I, I know. I, I just has to happen. I hate that, right? I hate that swinging gate thing. It's Bush League high school football at best. When they when they line up and then they shift over? Yeah. I never understand that. I mean, I don't I don't get that. You know, they're just they're just it's a it's a bush league play, you know. So, anyways, I, I just why would you why would you set up and then shift over like that? Because you're trying to see if you can out leverage them one way or the other, get numbers on your side, and try to pop them for two points. I just think it's 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 a crap play. But but but, but that doesn't make sense why they they shift over though. Well, they shift they shift back out of it to kick it. Basically, it's the the holder, who I can't remember who the holder is right now. Mm-hmm. But it's his it's his responsibility because he lines up basically as like the quarterback in that swing gate yeah. formation, and it's yeah. his it's his responsibility to evaluate if they can out leverage him either way, if okay. they've got numbers one way or the other. Okay. And so, if they do, then they'll run that stupid play. If they don't, they shift back in and kick it. Okay. And I I just I hate it. But anyways, ended up biting him in the butt. What did I hear? Um. There was a couple, my buddy Will said there was a couple of things he heard. One was, uh, blood and guts beats glitter, which I thought was a pretty good one. And, uh, and another one was too legit to kick. I thought that was pretty good too. Nice. I thought that was pretty good too. All right, Beach. So next up is, um, USC at number seven, Stanford. Who you got? Uh, USC at Stanford. I'm pretty sure I took Stanford on this one because I think USC sucks this year. 
Um, yes, we actually all took Stanford. Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey slipped out of the backfield for a 56-yard touchdown reception and dived over the pile for a one-yard score as the seventh-ranked Cardinal beat USC 27-10 on Saturday night. Now, the Cardinal have now won seven of nine against the Trojans, the best nine-game stretch for the Cardinal in the history of the rivalry that covers 96 games in 111 years. Now, Stanford has also beaten USC three times within the last calendar year. Because <laughs> they beat him in the Pac-12 championship, too. Now, gotcha. McCaffrey, the AP Player of the Year and the Heisman Trophy runner-up in 2016, had a routine 260 all-purpose yards. I love when that's routine. Stanford ran it 47 times for 294 yards, threw 15 passes, and held the ball for 34 minutes and 14 seconds. The Cardinal drew most of the USC defense into the box with a steady dose of inside runs before receiver Michael Rector went 56 yards for a touchdown on a reverse with 326 left in the third quarter to make it 27-10. to 10. I don't know if Stanford has the quarterback play that we've, you've been used to them having the last couple couple seasons, but mm-hmm. they do have some damn fast players that if they get the ball outside, you're in trouble. So, mm. All righty, so we all got the point on there. Next up, Beach, Portland State at number eight, Washington. Um, <laughs> I saw the text on this one. I took Washington, but I saw the text on this one where like, they're like saying, see, see, uh, Wazoo, this is how it's done. <laughs> that, yeah, that was one of our friends on Facebook sent that. And I didn't put this on there, but I just like to remind them, you know, there's only one team that's gone 0-12 on the season in the Pac-12. And it ain't Wazoo, and it ain't Oregon State. So... It- UW needs to remember that. They're not that far removed from that. Mm-hmm. All right. Quarterback Jake Browning threw three TD passes in the first 16 minutes, and number eight Washington closed out its uninspired non-conference schedule with a 41-3 win over Portland State on Saturday night. Now, Browning and the Huskies led 14 to nothing after less than three minutes and coasted their way past the lower division opponent. Browning threw a 43-yard TD to Chico McClatcher on Washington's opening drive and added TD tosses of 11 yards to Daryl Daniels, 13 yards to McClatcher on the second play of the second quarter, and a 4-yard TD pass to Miles Gaskin early in the fourth. So we all picked up the win there. Cool. All right, Beach. up next, number 11, Texas at Cal. Um, took all on this one, didn't I? Uh, no. No, no. I think I took Texas on this one because I think Cal sucks. All three of us took Texas, which wasn't a good pick. Yeah, Cal. Cal, really? Cal, Cal. Cal quarterback Davis Webb threw his fourth touchdown pass of the game to break a tie with 3.41 to play, and Cal got its first win of a ranked team in nearly four years, beating number 11 Texas 50-43 to on Saturday night. Now, Texas had a shot to match Cal's last TD, but Shane Bouchelle was sacked on third down deep in his own territory late. Texas punted, and Victor N. Ware appeared to ice it when he ran 55 yards for a touchdown, but he dropped the ball at the one, and the TD was overturned by replay. But because there was no instantaneous recovery for Texas, Cal kept the ball and ran out the clock. So hold on, you lost me there. So they dropped the ball before he crossed the goal line. Correct. They called it down on the one. They he they dropped the ball. They, and nobody grabbed it. Nobody grabbed it. They called it a touchdown. They reviewed it, realized it wasn't a touchdown, but since nobody from Texas got on the ball, 
it was ruled cow's ball there at the one. Okay. And they just didn't even bother to score. They just let it run out. Yeah, they just you know, took it I mean, it's how often do these players showboat and don't cross the goal line? It's not you that know? hard. Run all the way through the line. Exactly. I mean, it's it's. I would say, you know, it screws a team up at least once a year. And and how often uh, does it? Uh, and and how often is it not called? Mm-hmm. And and it's strictly showboating, you know. Just mm-hmm. do your freaking job. Exactly. All right, Beach. Up next, Idaho at Washington State. Oh, I believe I took Washington State on this one. All three of us did. Now, Washington State quarterback Luke Falk threw for 226 yards and three TDs as Washington State posted a positive end to a very crazy week. Now, Jason Williams rushed for 126 yards and a TD for Washington State which won on a wet, windy day when the air raid offense was not working very well. Now, Idaho struggled for the second straight week against a Pac-12 team after losing at number 8 Washington. Now, the Vandals have not scored a touchdown against Washington State the past two times the teams have played. Now, I say a tumultuous week because um, first of all, Leach kind of berated his team, called him a bunch of JV or JC softball team. Which is what he does every freaking year, which is why we can't stand him. Yeah. And then four of their players were arrested during the week. Ooh, well, you know, these kind of things happen. Yeah. What'd they do? Or is that safe? Is that is that for the jackass of the week? That's no, not the jackass of the week. I'm not exactly sure what, but, you know. Now, now he's claiming, Bleach is claiming that they're being targeted. It's like, dude, you live in... Pullman. Pullman. There ain't nothing to do out there for the cops to do but harass college p- kids. What do you think they're going to do? And there's... The farmers ain't doing anything bad. Hmm. You know? Anyways. They need to lock up the... Well, I'm guessing they need to lock up their goats. <laughs> lock up their daughter and lock up their wife. All right, Beach. Next up is UCLA at BYU. BYU? Who'd you take? Um, BYU. That is correct. So did I, but Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took UCLA, which was good because UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen threw for 307 yards and two TDs as UCLA suffocated BYU 17 to 14 on Saturday night. Suffocated him? Yep. Suffocated? Neither offense shined as the two defenses controlled most of the night, but UCLA was able to hold BYU to just 273 total yards, including just 23 yards on the ground. Now, the Cougars were limited negative rushing yards until late in the third quarter, and 91 of those offensive yards came on their final possession. So UCLA's defense playing a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right, so Kyle got the point there, making up some some ground. Next up, Beach was Utah at San Jose State. Um. <coughs> Uh, I took Utah, and so did Kyle. Now, the Utes sacked San Jose State's quarterback 10 times and scored 17 points off. <laughs> that's, yeah. just, that's just not good. And scored 17 points off three turnovers on their way to a 34-17 victory Saturday night. Now, eight did, different. Did, 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 the, did the quarterback sleep with one of the linemen's wa- girlfriends or something? I don't know. Because, I mean, that's like you're not even trying to, to protect the guy. Yeah, that's the Swiss cheese protection there, just full of holes. <laughs> Now, eight different Utah players collected sacks. Um, 
with Dimmick and Filippo Mokofisi, each notching a pair. Now, Utah trailed twice early, but kept the defensive pressure on the Spartans quarterback, Kenny Parker, who took five sacks in the first half. It kind of sounds like that, uh, the, uh, the, um, University of Oregon uh, basketball players. It was like they were just taking turns with him. Wow, Beach. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> took it there. <laughs> when you said they were collecting sacks, it was like, oh, they're taking turns, and that's where my mind went. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> All right, Beach. Uh, next. You were thinking it too. You know. No, I was not thinking that actually. Next up is Hawaii at Arizona. I hope his dad doesn't get upset. Um, I think took Arizona on this one because Hawaii just isn't that good. We all took Arizona Beach. Arizona redshirt sophomore Brandon Dawkins ran for three TDs and passed for another, all in the first two quarters, and the Wildcats wrapped up non-conference play with a 47-28 victory over Hawaii on Saturday. Now, with starter Anu Solomon out with a knee injury for the second straight game, Dawkins completed 16 of 21 passes for 235 yards and carried 15 times for 118 more. Wow. So we all got there. And the last game of the week, Beach, Idaho State at Oregon State. I know for a fact that we all took the Beavers on this one, Billy. That is correct. Now, Oregon State wide receiver Victor Bolden ran for 111 yards on just three carries, including a 92-yard touchdown run in the third quarter for the Beavs, the second longest in Oregon State history, as Oregon State defeated the Bengals 37-7 Saturday afternoon. Now, quarterback Daryl Gerritsen completed 15 of 30 passes for 172 yards. He last had eight carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Now, Gerritsen, a transfer from Utah State, who sat out last season under NCAA rules, scored on a seven-yard keeper, and running back Ryan Nall added a two-yard run, TD run as the Beavs ran up a 23-0 lead in the first half. Now, Tristan Dekoud scored a 75-yard interception return midway through the, fourth, the third quarter for the Beavs also. So it was a good game. Cool. A little, little uninspiring, I think. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I mean, the Beavs won pretty much dominated as they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a little disappointed they didn't get the uh, shutout. I mean, the one play that they scored on, that guy was all over the field. How long a run was that? About 75 yards? Oh, my God. That was insane. Yeah. And, and everything just broke down on that thing for us. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that was pathetic. But, you know, I still, you know... I don't care if you win by 50 points or one point. A win's a win. I agree. So, I, agree. I mean, you know, to me, a shutout doesn't matter. At the end of the year, you don't look at that. You look at how many wins versus how many losses and what bowl game you're going to go into. Yeah. And that's, to me, all that matters. Shutout's just a nice thing to hang your hat on. It's hard It's hard to shut out any team. It's, it is. I don't care how, how well, crummy they are. have one goal to win the game, and yeah. 50% of the teams, well, in football, 50% of the teams lose. Yeah. So, so anyways, uh, if we are on the top end of that 50%, you know, let's mm-hmm. say 50% of the time, it works all the time. Yep. Anyway. Anyways, good game. Um, yeah. Now, you went down and checked out the terrace section. I did. I yeah, did. so did I. What'd you think? I thought it was completely overrated. 
a little bit. Um, I thought it was pretty good views from down there for those seats. No, the view was neat because I I haven't I haven't been in on on the end zone for such a long time, and it does give you a nice perspective mm-hmm. uh, when you're looking that route. The one thing though, you know, we talked about on the last I think it was the last podcast about the food and the beer and all that. And honest to God, I didn't see the choices. I mean, there, there was quite a few beer choices. Was there? Because I mean, I, yeah. I the, the line was longer than hell for the beer. Um, Lisa, who who joined me for the game, she decided to go for the wine because there was no line for the wine. Yeah. And the uh, but the food, I'm like, there was like nachos and barbecue and cheesesteaks. Yeah. Sure as I wasn't going to use go to the cheesesteak wagon. I'm like, that's going to be a disappointment compared to next week. Especially when they put Swiss cheese on a cheesesteak. What the hell's wrong with these people? Yeah, that, that's, I'm not impressed. It's a place, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a food cart out of Albany. I was going to go try it. And then I walked up there. I'm like, oh, you know, cheesesteaks. I'll give it a try. And then I see Swiss cheese. I went, nope. Not going to do it. So, uh, but I, you know, I, it looked, it looked nice. It's a good, you know, a good change. We'll see. Quite frankly, Beach, it wasn't completely done. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, did, we'll give it a did shot. you did you see the handrails leading down there? No. Oh, they had just been grinded. They weren't painted. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It, it, we'll see how it looks uh, this week. Yeah, I was surprised there wasn't more tables or anything. I mean, it it seemed okay, and quite a few people were were lounging around over there. But I almost wish it was a little two tiered, because uh, it's a pretty wide hunk of property there. Yeah. And if people are sitting or standing up front, you really, I mean, you can only go two or three deep when you, then you can't see. Yeah. What uh, it reminds me of is the, uh, the, uh, the section over in the uh, baseball field mm-hmm. out there, the banners section reminds me a lot yeah. of that. But, but I don't think you get the attendance like there, like you do in the, uh, in the, uh, at a football game. Yeah. But anyways, I don't think it's packed. Anyways. It looked interesting. It was cool to go up there and check it out. We'll see if uh, how yeah. things how things pan out for the rest of the they, season. They really expanded uh, Valley, though. I mean, from all that space they added underneath and stuff, it looks like they must have added quite a bit of real estate to that. It, lo- it looks nice. I like the uh, new um, entrance over there on that mm-hmm. side and stuff. So there's just one check, a chunk of the stadium that needs left to be redone. Which is the old side? Which is where we sit. So. Yeah. All right, Beach. Up next, uh, we're going to look at the Pac-12 and the polls. So the polls came out today or actually mm-hmm. uh, Sunday, and uh, in the AP poll, Stanford clocks in at 7. Washington fell a spot to number 9. Utah checks in at 24. And UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category, which Oregon fell out. And I still don't understand why Arizona State would be in there because they have no defense, mm-hmm. none. But um, in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford clocked in at 6, Washington again at 9, Utah at 23, and UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State again in the others receiving votes category. So. Hmm. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tupperville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week we like to take a look at, discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this one, Beach, it's just going, well, I'll, 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 it's, it's a player this time. And it's just, to me, this is just stupid. Now, okay. Oklahoma coach Bob Stutes called comments that true freshman backup quarterback Austin Kendall made last week 
about Ohio State's defense ridiculous and said that he will restrict media access to only include older players. Now, in an interview with Sooner Sports TV, Kendall termed the Ohio State defense, quote, basic and claimed that starting quarterback Baker Mayfield would, quote, light up the Buckeyes. Instead, Ohio State picked off Mayfield twice and dominated the Sooners on the way to a resounding 45-24 victory in Norman, Oklahoma. Now, after the game, several Ohio State players held up a sign that said, quote, basic defense. Now, Stoops said Monday, I don't know what Kendall could have been watching, to be quite honest with you. He must not have watched any tape if he had that to say. Now, even though Kendall's comments came from an Oklahoma studio show produced in-house, it was broadcast on Fox Sports. Stoops said he would limit all media access to older players moving forward. Now, Stoops said, quote, I'm not punishing anybody. I'm protecting my team. I don't want information out there to other teams from guys that I can't trust are going to say the right things. It is ironic that it came from our people, if you can believe that. But they won't be getting guys either. I can only put people out there that are going to represent the program and say the right things. And this is just wow. stupid. Okay, first of all, you're you're playing Ohio State, right? You're not playing you're not playing some division, you know, football championship subdivision team. You know, you're not playing Weber State. You're playing Ohio State. That's a damn good football team. And you you're a true freshman backup quarterback. And you're gonna make that kind of comment? I, that, that's a, that, I mean, that should be stuff that you kind of figured out in high school. Mm-hmm. That you never give the other team bolt and board material. You know, you never you never put bullets in the other guy's gun. Mm-hmm. As I like to say. Totally. I just I just when when I saw that today, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So Austin Kendall from. Oklahoma, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. Is for you. Yeah, I just I found that stupid, Beach. I just found that stupid. Anyways, it's now time to move to our musical interlude for the week. And this week, Beach, it's up to you. You know, and I had to think of this one really quick. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, again, I'm having fun with this a little bit because we get to pick whatever we want. And uh, anyway, it was actually something you just hit me back on. Just, well, let me go into my, my thing. This hip hop song written by this gentleman and DJ Earthquake was based on the baseline of a Queen song called Under Pressure and or Queen and David Bowie song called Under Pressure, who did not initially receive songwriting credits or royalties until after it became a hit. Originally released on Vanilla Ice's 1989 debut album Hooked, and later on his 1990 national debut To the Extreme, it is his most well-known song. It has appeared in a remix form on Platinum Underground and Vanilla Ice is Back. A live version appears on the album Extremely Live, while a rap rock version appears on the album Hard to Swallow under the title Too Cold. Ice Ice Baby was initially released as the B-side to Vanilla Ice's cover of Play That Funky Music, but the single was not initially successful. When disc jockey David Morales played Ice Ice Baby instead, it began to gain success. 
Ice Ice Baby was the first hip-hop song to top the Billboard Hot 100. Outside the United States, the song topped the charts in Australia, Belgium, the Netherlands, New Zealand, the Republic of Ireland, and the United Kingdom, thus helping the song diversify hip-hop by introducing it to a mainstream audience. The song came fifth in VH1 and Blunder's 2004 list of the 50 most awesomely bad songs ever. So, there you go. Actually, so they give writing credit to Vanilla Ice, Earthquake, Brian May, Freddie Mercury, Roger Taylor, John Deacon, and David Bowie. All right, so here's uh, Ice Ice Baby. Yo, VIP. Like a vandal, light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, crush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly, when I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight. You better hit bulls out the kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Yo, so I continue to A1A Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis Rock men lovers, driving Lamborghinis Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine Ready for the chumps on the wall The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball Gunshots, ranged out like a bell I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells Falling on the concrete real fast Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all the dope beans. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Check out the hook while DJ revolves it. 
get out of here. Word to your mother. You know, Beach, people call it the awesomely bad songs. It, I still like it. it. It's a great song. You know, he's known as, I think, his his time at the top was extremely short. Um, You know, I think he, he had that hit, and then he did uh, the title soundtrack for Teenage Mutant Ninja, or the title song for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a great song. I, again, I go back to the Hanson thing. It makes you want to shake your butt, you know. You yeah. just you just gotta rock to it. And and hell, the bass line from Queen's song "Under Pressure" is a great bass line. Yeah, but but you gotta admit, you gotta those interviews that he did early on when they said this is from Queen, and he was like, "Oh no, it's completely different." Theirs goes dun 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 dun, dun. and mine goes dun 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 dun. And you're like, "No, it's the same thing, dude. It's the same bass line. Don't don't pull that crap." But have you ever seen the Spike Lee movie, um, School Days, D-A-Z-E? Uh, no, have not. It's got uh, Lawrence Fishburne in it. It's one of Spike Lee's earlier movies. Now, it's set at an all-black college, and one of the scenes in the movie happens in, a, it looks like a wrestling gym, and they, they're doing a step competition. Now, you know what step is? Yeah, I think so. so. It's, it's usually done at black colleges, and they... You'll see it a lot of times by like fraternities and they're stepping and they're kind of singing and they're doing dance moves. It's fun as hell to watch. But if you watch that movie, one of the fraternities comes out singing, saying ice, ice, baby, so cold, so cold, ice, ice, baby, so cold, so cold. And then if you watch the video they do, it is the exact video that Vanilla Ice does in the Ice Ice Baby. Um, really? Same dance? The, oh, same thing. When they're on the floor and they kind of hump the floor. Well, and it makes sense because School Days came out in uh, 1988. Uh-huh. And uh, it came out in 1989. Exactly. Recorded in 89, released in 1990. Yep. Yep. Now, I remember the first time I heard that song, we were pulling into... It was the fall, uh, or it was the spring of 1990, and my best friend Brad and I, my little blue Datsun pickup, were, pull, pickup. were pulling into Pointer Junior High School to pick up your butt. Hey, sweet. And it's it's one of those things, I remember it coming on, and Barcroft looked at I, and we looked at each other like, is this for real? And they're like, hey, kind of like it. This is kind of good. So anyways. Yeah, anyways. 
Vanilla Ice, what an interesting character. But uh, good pick, this big beach. Good pick. Here. No, here's, here's an interesting little thing. It said uh, in December 1990, Van Winkle told British his, – his actual name is Robert Van Winkle. Correct. Not Vanilla Ice. So, uh, he said uh, – told British youth magazine Smash Hits where he came up with the idea of sampling under pressure. He said, the way I do stuff is to go through old records that my brother has. He used to listen to rock and roll and stuff like that. I listened to funk and hip-hop and because rock wasn't really my era. But having a brother like that, well, I just mixed the two, and he had a copy of Under Pressure, and putting those sounds to hip-hop was great. Huh. So he admitted it. Pretty much, yeah. All right, Beach. Well, good good musical include. Now it is time to look forward to week number four in the Pac-12. Heading into this week, I forgot to update our, our total. So after last week, you were still in the lead at 25 out of 33, and mm-hmm. Kyle and I were right behind you at 24 out of 33. Kyle closed the gap a little bit. He only missed one game last week. Wow. Yeah. You and I missed two. But now we start to get into where all the marbles come out because this is the Pac-12 season. Not very more, not very many, um, uh, non-league games left. There's only a handful. Mm-hmm. So, alrighty, Beach. So the first game up is Friday, September 23rd, USC at Number 24, Utah. Who do you got? I'm going, to take U- I'm going to take Utah on this one. You are taking Utah. Okay. All right. Kyle said, first he said, sorry for submitting too late last week. I got my tickets for the Oregon State-Colorado game. Anyone want to invite me to their tailgate? <laughs> so he'll be, he'll be at the game in two weeks on the first. By the way, the kickoff for that game has been announced for 1130. So early game for us to watch on TV. I thought the first there's a oh Boise State this week. Okay. And then Colorado next week. Okay, it's a away game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. At Colorado on the first, Kyle's asking for an invite to a tailgater. So anyone out there want to give Kyle an invite? Let us know. All right, Beach. So uh, Kyle says after a pregame visit to Temple Square. USC players are inspired to convert and go on two-year missions. Utah beats their depleted, their de- depleted squad. So Kyle's taking Utah. I, too, am taking Utah. I do appreciate Kyle's effort when he does not sleep through this stuff. Yeah, I know. It's pretty good. All right, Beach, up next. Uh, all the rest of the games are on Saturday, September 24th. Mm-hmm. First up, Colorado at Oregon. Colorado doing the Oregon two-step here. You next know, I, 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 I will... Hope Colorado is successful, but I'm thinking Oregon's going to take this one. I just don't think Colorado's got it in them, especially at Autzen. I too. But I don't know. Oregon got punished, so maybe they don't have enough players left. I don't yeah. know. I, I too am taking Oregon. Now Kyle says the first game played at Autzen was in 1967 when the Ducks lost to Colorado. Colorado stuns and leaves a big old steaming buffalo pie in the center of the zero in the middle of the field. So Kyle's going out and taking Colorado. I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. I'm ne- looking at a hero or a goat right there. There you go. Next up, Beads, number seven, Stanford at UCLA. I think Stanford's just going to clobber UCLA. Stanford. Kyle says, Stanford, Stanford sweeps in from the north, pillages LA, prunes many hedges, and rides off on the women. <laughs> there you go. So he's taking Stanford. I, too, am taking Stanford. Okay. Next up, Cal at Arizona State. 
Oh, I'm thinking the Sun Devils are going to uh, have their way with uh, with. Uh, damn it! What the hell's the name of the bear that eats through his drink through his eyeball? Oski. Oski. I think they're going to have their way with Oski. I think they're going to spank him like a little redheaded stepchild. I too am taking Arizona State. Now Kyle says ASU squeaks out a win, 135 to 137. Just because neither team has a freaking defense. I've got the I've got the uh, Texas Cal game on right now, and the score right now is 43 to 50. So you gotta love that. Glad they learned know how to play defense. All right, Beach, two games left. First up, Washington State, or excuse me, number nine Washington at Arizona. I'm taking the Huskies on that one. Okay, you're taking your dub. Kyle says Washington beats an Arizona team that barely beat Grambling State. And everyone is like, them Huskies could really be something this year, blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> getting back to that. I, too, will take UW because I don't think Arizona State's that good, especially if Solomon's not in their quarterback. I think they're in trouble. All right, Beach, and the last game of the week, our favorite, Boise State at Oregon State. I think this one's going to be a nail-biter, but I think Oregon State's going to take it in the end. I am thinking the same thing. I think the Beavs are going to win because of a defensive touchdown. Very well could be. So I'm watching that replay of the Cal game, and he did totally drop that ball. And two Texas guys ran right past it as it was laying in the end zone. Wow. If they would have jumped on it, they would have had the ball back with a minute 21 to go. On the 20. On the 20. Wow. Yeah. All right, Beach. Um, Kyle says, my neighbor is a Boise State grad. He is getting a vasectomy the day before the game. Just when he thought it couldn't get any worse, Beavs figuratively kick him into nuts. Beavs win. Beavs win. So Kyle too. I don't think. Wow, that's. Oh no, he took Colorado. So that's the only one different. I say I thought it was just gonna be a first where all three of us took the exact same thing for every game, but didn't happen. All right, Beach. So let's talk about Boise State a little bit. Now, we're not going to go into the history of the stadium, which is something interesting in of itself. We'll talk about that next year when the Beavs play at Boise State and Albertson Stadium. Have we have we ever gone into the history of Boise State before? No. Hmm. No. Okay. But there's actually not a lot of interesting stuff about it. Okay. It's actually kind of boring. So Boise State was founded in 1932 by the Episcopal Church, and it became an independent junior college in 1934 and has actually only been awarding baccalaureate and master's degrees since 1965. Now, it became Idaho's third state university in 1974. Now, with nearly 23,000 students, Boise State has the largest enrollment of higher education institutions in the state of Idaho. And that's really about it. That's all they got. There's not a lot of interesting stuff about the school. Now, the official school... They were, found, they were founded by the Episcopalian Church. Yep. But now they're no longer affiliated with it. Yeah, they were. They became independent church. in 34. It was only two years. Wow, so they just got the... The church probably just helped get the funding started so they could become its own entity. Correct. Now, the official school colors are blue and orange. Mm-hmm. And Boise State is the Broncos. And their official mascot is Buster Bronco. Now were they were they blue and orange and Broncos prior to Denver becoming the Broncos? 
No, I I don't believe so, Beej. Um Just curious because they, they're both the Broncos and they both have blue and orange colors. Um, so they, they started, I can't tell when they started, uh, so they won the men's national junior college championship in football in 1958. Um, so they've, they've been competing in sports for quite a bit. Um, they, uh, Actually, just moved up. They were a division. They were an. They were a division two team. Then moved up to um, FCS category, and then moved into uh, division one status. With weren't, weren't we the first division one school they ever beat? Um, quite possibly. Um, now, they're. They did have the. Their. Uh, Their uh, Pokey Allen, who was a coach at Portland State, mm-hmm. um, came on and led the B, uh, led the Broncos from '93 to '96. When he left Portland State, he went over there. Yeah. Now he he left Portland State for that. Now under Allen, the Broncos returned to the um, championship game in '94, and after 26 years in the Big Sky. They joined the Big West Conference and moved up to one double or one A, which is now the Bowl subdivision in 1996. Okay. Yeah. Now, now Allen died from cancer in 1996. Okay. So. Anyways. And then their their following uh, coach actually did a really nice job making that into uh, a consistently strong program. Yeah. And aren't they on their second coach since then? Well, you had. You had um, you had uh, Dan Hawkins in there from 2001 to 2005, and everyone thought that he was um, the one that was the best. Everyone thought he was he was the guy, but he got um, he left and went to Colorado where he sucked, and Chris Peterson came in, and everyone kind of figures that Peterson was actually the brains behind the operation. Wow. Peterson was there from 2006 to 2013. And okay. he was the one where they had their biggest, um, he had the two Fiesta Bowl wins and and had and the undefeated seasons. his son play for a while and his, his son was quarterbacking and they weren't that good? That was the Hawkins in Colorado. Okay, okay. No. And so Peterson did really well there and then he left to go to Washington. Okay. So. But anyways, so that's about really all there is about that I mean, they started playing football in '33, and you know that's about it. How so, many times have the Beefs played them? Um, I don't. I th- in three? I want to say four or five. Yeah, because we've been over there tw- twice for games, haven't we? Uh huh. Didn't we over there? And then the one game we actually missed when Dad got in a fight. <laughs> we we were at we were at a wedding, yeah. Yeah, and Dad got in a fight in the stands, and that was that was a Boise State game. Yeah. And then I think they played one other time at uh, Reeser, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, moving on, Billy. What what's up for the uh, tailgater preview? Well, Beach, uh, it is an early kickoff, twelve thirty. So we will be out there at our normal time, getting ready to go at seven. 
And uh, we will be cooking early because we'll only be cooking until okay. 11.30. So it is breakfast cheesesteaks. And Beach, what makes a cheesesteak a breakfast cheesesteak? You eat it for breakfast. Correct. Um, and so uh, since it is kind of a short tailgate, we're going to keep things pretty straight and to the point. We'll be doing cheesesteaks. You'll be doing your normal uh, deep fried goodness. Um, no Traeger this week, so no cookies because there's just not enough time. But no. I do have two boxes of Idaho Spud candy bars. Well, that'll make all the difference in the world. There you go. So we're going to be doing cheesesteaks and probably some curly fries, I'm thinking. And we'll go from there. Yeah. So uh, usual, you know, onions, green peppers, mushrooms. Whiz. Whiz, provolone, Whiz. cheddar. It'll be all good. There you go. So I think uh, the new tent worked out really great in our last uh, oh. the last tailgate. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so, great. Yeah. Nobody had to worry about getting rained of, on. A lot of covers. We had a little bit of rain. Everybody didn't seem too cramped. I mean, people did spread out. I mean, I guess if worse comes to worse, we can add a couple of extension, you know, tents onto it. But mm-hmm. uh no, and without all the legs in the way, too, it made it really nice. Yeah, totally. Totally. So. Hey, Beach, anything you want to add for this week's tailgater? Uh, just leave early. The Ducks are playing down there at 2. Yeah. And so that means there's going to be a tremendous amount of traffic on I-5. There always is when both teams play, especially when their times are so close together. So leave early. If you can, take 47 to 99 or whichever way you get down there. Take the back roads. Um, it's going to save you a lot of grief and headache because I bet you traffic starts, you know, the main highway going into Corvallis from I-5, I bet you that's going to get backed up in no time. Yep. And also, too, Beach, after the game, um, our neighbors who tailgate right there beside us, they're going to be cooking a – roasting a pig during the game. And so after the game, they've invited – Cooking a whole pig. Yeah. they got this, this big box that they put a pig in, and they cover it with, uh, with uh, charcoal. Yeah. And it just cooks the whole dang day. Yeah. And so after the game, they've invited all of our fans to come back right there and uh, help them enjoy some of that roast pig. Now, now, now I won't be able to be there because I've got to go into work, but you're going to go back and set up the TV and watch the rest of the duck I, game? Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Cool. So if you're there, if you're at the game, make sure to come back afterwards and enjoy some roast pig. And then we'll plan on tearing the tent again down on Sunday morning. Or we can do it Saturday after I'm done at work. Oh, okay. That might work. Yeah. Just hang out there and I'll come back when I'm done. Okay. That'll work great. That'll work. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 78 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to send a comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator. Also check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. You can also listen to us on the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. Billy. It's been great. It's fun today. It was. Uh, next week, Beach, show number 79. And we'll uh, recap week four and look forward to week five. All right. So uh, it's going to be a good game this week, Beach. we got to get after Boise State. And we're going to end it with a great big giant. Go Beavs.
Nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Your daddy works in porno now that mommy is not around. She used to love her heroin. But now she's underground. So you stay out late at night. Did you get the uh, uh, outline I sent you? I'm getting there. Hold on. Okay. I freaking wrote my freaking Eugene thing in like 10 minutes. Good. Nice, nice, nice.